Good afternoon. You are listening to the Grit and Grace Recovery Hour talk radio show that is being brought to you by the Rockdale County Stepping Up Initiative. You can continue listening to us on the CAT 10 ENT network by downloading the His Hop Radio app. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoy the show. This is Bill and Tanisha with the Recovery Hour. And once again, as we always say, we are grateful. We are grateful and we are blessed. We're able to bring you this level of entertainment. But before I get off to the cosmos, I would be remiss if I didn't first shout out to our sponsor, the Stepping Up Initiative. The Stepping Up Initiative adopted here in Rockdale County, which is a national initiative but we adopted it and its purpose and mission is to reduce the number of people in jails that have mental health substance use disorders and that look like us on the inside and the outside. And and this is a good thing. I would also be remiss if I didn't shout out our fearless leader, Commissioner Doreen Williams, who for many, many, many years has been a staunch advocate for recovery of people who are facing life challenges. And and that's a big deal because without her, we would not, a lot of these things that are moving and shaking and changing in this community would not be happening. Today, we have a real treat for you. Today, we have some friends that are here who are with me. My name is Bill, and I am a person in long-term recovery. And what that means is that I have come a very long way from the dark into the light. What that means is that today, I'm living a dream. Today, my life looks in a way that I never thought it could or would. And and there were a lot of different people and a lot of processes and a lot of communication and a lot of tools and miracles that, that facilitated me getting from where I was to where I am. Today, I have some partners who are also in a similar trajectory. All of us are in recovery. So with that being said, I want to thank everybody for joining us. And, and, you know, I don't know what your why is. I know that today my why has purpose. I know that today my why is is compassionate. I know that today my why has empathy. And, And where I came from, that wasn't necessarily on the menu. I know that a lot of our systems are very punitive. And they believe, and and don't get me wrong, I think we should be accountable for our actions, but a lot of things have happened in our lives that that designed us or redesigned us so that we became who we were. So I think it's just really important that we communicate about that so that people can understand how we become deprogrammed. What kind of things and what kind of communication has to happen for people like us so that we become deprogrammed, right? Anyway, with that being said, let's get off to the cosmos, and I'll refer to everybody by your first name. So good morning, Carol. How are you doing this morning? Good morning, Bill. I'm doing well. Good morning, everybody out there in radio land. Yes, and Carol, let, let me ask you a question. Who are you, and why are you here with us today? Well, I'm Carol, and I'm a person in long-term recovery. 
I'm here today because we got some new folks on here and it's a new year. And I've been doing this about 14 months now. And I think it's always good to connect with the new people and get some fresh perspectives on recovery and be able to help them as much as we can. Well, thank you very much for sharing that. Leanne, how are you doing this morning? I'm awesome, like every day. Wow, and, and so welcome to the Recovery Hour. Leanne, we got a lot of people that listen to our show. I want to ask you a question. Why did, why did you come here this morning? Because I need my recovery family to help me stay positive and to keep on with my sobriety for the rest of my life. And I will continue this for the rest of my life, no matter if I'm in this program that I'm in or if I'm back out in the real world with my family, I will still continue to do what I do with, the, with wow. all my recovery family. Wow, thank you for sharing that. Loomis, man, why, why are you doing this thing you're doing this morning? Tell the people out there who you are and why you're with us this morning. I'm Loomis. I want y'all for, for a new start in life, you know, talking better myself and, and getting where I need to be in life, you know. Yes, wow, thank you for sharing that. Hey, Aaron, I know Aaron, you've been with us before. <laughs> right, right. So, Aaron. Tell the people out there who you are and why are you doing this with us this morning? I'm Aaron. I'm a person in long-term recovery. I'm here because I was invited to share my perspective on recovery. Well, thank you for sharing that. And, and Justin, uh, could you tell the people out there who you are and why are you doing this with us this morning? I'm Justin. I'm doing this because... I'm tired of being back and forth to jails because of being addicted to drugs and I'm trying to restart. So I'm getting help from people like Yahoo have already restarted. Wow, man. Thank you so much for saying that. So with that being said, and, and, and you know, one of the things about recovery, that means that we have come from someplace dark and, and that's sort of where we get our street cred, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? And so let me ask you a question. What was it like for you when you were in the dark? What was it like for you? Oh, I'm sorry. Beverly, Beverly, can you tell the people out there who you are and why you're with us today? I think uh, basically is just seeing the positive aspects and having hope that there's people out there that can help me. Yes, well, thank you, Beverly, and I'm glad I didn't forget you because I knew the penalty would have been great. Yes. So anyway, back to what I was saying, uh, I know that before we came across into the light, it was dark. I know that all of us remember, because they say if you forget, then you are destined to repeat, right? Let me ask you a question, and, and not, to, not to create a trauma drama, Tell me what it was like for you during your dark days. And, and I'm going to start with you, Loomis. What was it like for you during your dark days? A lot different for me. You know what I'm saying? I stayed high. You know, I stayed doing whatever I wanted to do and didn't give a damn out of the way else. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes, yes. Um. Beverly, for you during your dark days, what was it like for you? I actually felt like I didn't have anybody to turn to and that uh, just being afraid to speak up and out. Yes, yes. Thank you for sharing that. Justin, for you, what was it like during your dark days? Uh, homelessness, 
and loneliness, but like for some reason when I was stuck in it, I was enjoying it. Yes, yes, yes. And Aaron, for you, what was it like for you during your dark days, Aaron? Well, just like Justin, homelessness, um, dealing with disappointment from everybody in my family. Um, it was it was uncomfortable being in the darkness. You know, the only thing I looked forward to was getting high. Yes, 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 yes. And you, Leanne, what was it like for you during your dark days? Miserable, miserable, abusive, lost, absent. Sometimes I would just disappear. Wish I would just disappear. Yes, 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 yes. And Carol, what was it like for you during your dark days? I spent a lot of time chasing after the dope. I had a lot of people around me, but none of them really cared. They just wanted the dope. So it was lonely and um, it was chaotic. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and you know, for me, and that's why, I, you know, we were sharing this the other day with some friends and we were in a meeting and, and I was sharing with them that today I am so grateful that all of the danger doesn't exist in my life <laughs> that used to be my normal. <laughs> my normal used to be strapped in the trap, man. You know what I'm saying? And, and just in such a, a predatory, primitive, oh man, just this, this insane place that you have to be insane to exist in. I, I mean, You've got to be just really insane to be able to stay in that place. It's toxic and it's dangerous. And whoever's the most dangerous is the safest, you know, and, and that's bad when it's safer to be more dangerous. And, and you know, we all know that um, violence begot violence. So when you're doing that, it's coming, you know, and just, uh, yeah, yeah, for me, just it was so dangerous, so mean, so nasty, so violent, so so just primitive that today, man, just having serenity and peace and all those things, it, it's like wow, it's like living every day is like Christmas Day. Um, so I want to ask you guys another question: What was it that finally brought you to acceptance? For each and every one of us, hopefully we have all reached that place where we have accepted that I can't live that way. I have come to accept that I have to make some changes in my life because I can't continue to do that. And, and so, and, and it's it's a it's a psychic change, it's a spiritual change, it's a it's a whole change, a life change. What, what was it that brought you to acceptance? Uh, I'm gonna start with you, Justin. What was it that that made the light click on for you? What what was what was it that made you say, you know what, I'm going across the road into the light? Uh, this last time when I was um when I was homeless, about let me see, back in February, the area where I was homeless at, you know what I'm saying, it was getting kind of heated, like. Like these, like I'd hang with these people, and then next time I see these other people, they'd be mad at the other people. So then they'd be mad at me just because I was with them. So I ended yes. up like I'm gonna leave that area, and I ended up going getting a ride to where like near my grandparents where my grandparents live. And uh, the crazy thing was my grand my, my grandpa he diabetic, so he um he has he has needles insulin, but he doesn't uh 
he doesn't use them, but he just keeps it in the refrigerator in case because he got a pump. And uh, I went there, and, and the bad thing is, like, you know, I wanted to see my folks. I ain't seen them in a while, but the whole time I'm going there, I, I'm, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm going to get the needle out of the refrigerator. So yes. the bad thing was I went there, and I got it, and I stole my grandpa's needle. And, like, the next morning, I ended up getting caught and going to jail. I was under somebody's porch, and uh, the police, when I went under their porch, when I walked around the house, the alarm went off. I don't know. It was weird, but it happened for a reason. Because when I went to jail, like, I knew what I did was wrong, but I went to jail. It really hit me. So I wrote my grandparents a letter, like, as soon as I got an envelope and said, look, I'm sorry. I stole grandpa's needle. I apologize. You know, it's wrong. I hope y'all can forgive me. And the letter my grandma wrote, man, like, it wasn't a demeaning letter. It was just like, we love you and we got faith in you. We know you ain't going to do it again. So, you know, like, that was a turning point for me. When, when I got put in jail last time, I was like, man, I'm tired of this. You know, I want to. I want to see my folks and then I don't have to worry about what's going to, you know, what might go missing or like, I just want to be a, a better person for them, for me. And I, I knew that if I went to prison, it wasn't going to change me in a good way. Cause in prison, it's like, it's easier to get drugs in prison than it is on the street. So yes. I just, I just reached out to my lawyer and to uh, Mr. Kilgore and them in the jail and told him, you know, I'm interested in drug court. And then I applied for RSAT and I went ahead and took RSAT anyways while I was waiting on the drug court. I just felt like, you know, it was gonna be a good, like, like the judge didn't really want, he act, well, he acted like, they said he already said, yeah, but the judge acted like he didn't want to give it to me. But he was like, if you want to get, if you want to get clean, you know, why you, why you need this? Why can't you just do it? And I was like, well, sir, sometimes I need like a, something, something sturdy to lean on, man, to help guide me through it. Yes, yes, that is so powerful, man. I want to thank you for saying that. Uh, and you're not the only person that I've heard say that, you know, that we, we, we knew we needed more than just a little something. It wasn't like we could just do it. So thank you for sharing that. Leanne, yeah. let me ask you a question, Leanne. What was it that made you come across the road? Okay, so back in September, I did a 30-day term in my county. I got out on October the 12th. On the 13th, the morning of the 13th, I found a video of my relation of my my guy that I was with for 14 years since the day we met. Found a video of him sleeping with another woman while I was locked up. 16 days later, I went back to jail and I was tired. That was it. 16 16 days later, when the, my probation officer came in, he came in with a waiver, and I said, "I'm going to prison. I got to save myself. I can't do this no more." I had been, I abandoned my kids for 18 years and I was living in a tent for five years when I went to prison and I was just tired. And this is the first time in 40 years. Uh, well, I started doing drugs at 13. I'm now 40, so 27 years. The first time I've ever been clean and sober. And I love it. Wow. It is so, yes. so we would like to thank our leader. Commissioner Dr. Doreen Williams, the Rockville County Sheriff's Office, along with other numerous partners and stakeholders that are taking the initiative to create change for the Rockdale County recovery community. We know that it takes all parts of the community to carry out this vision, and together we are stronger. Wow, thank you so much for sharing that. Aaron, 
Aaron, what was it that made you come across the road, man? What, what made you do it? It was prayers being answered. It was a light I saw from the condition I was in. And I just thought to myself, I know I got to get together, but life could be better. Yes, yes. Wow, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. Beverly, what was it that made you come across? I would say my family because they need they need their parents and stuff. And basically just knowing that I have a purpose out there in life. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for sharing that. Carol, Carol, why did you come across, Carol? I came across to see you. Yay! And the crowd goes wild. I, when I got arrested this last time, I don't know if it happened when I got arrested or when I got out. I, I think it was really when I got out and I saw that there was some hope because when I was in prison, I thought, well, when I get out, I'll probably be back in prison. You know, I just didn't see any hope. So when I met you and got into this community and this program, that's when I came across the road. Wow. Yeah, that's good stuff. Uh Loomis, what was it that made you come across the road, man? Um, really just getting locked up and you know what I'm saying, while I was in there, realizing I need to straighten my, my, my act up. Yes, yes, yes. And and you know, a lot so and I think the 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 helpful part of our message that a lot of people miss because a lot of people go to tremendous lengths to keep their person out of jail. And, 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 and which I can understand it rightfully so. No one wants to see your loved one in jail. I'm gonna be honest with you. When I finally came across, it was because I couldn't go to jail anymore. You, you know what I mean? I was so tired of going to jail that I said it's worth changing to not go to jail. Uh, and I wouldn't have known that unless I spent a tremendous amount of time in jail. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So sometimes uh, it's that beat down. You know what I'm saying? When you, when, yeah, because if you never have one, you might think that getting your beat is not that big a deal. But if you've ever been kicked to sleep, <laughs> then you say, you know what? I don't think I want to do that again. And, and I don't know about anybody else, anybody else on this planet, because I know there are people that think it's cool, terminally hip and fatally cool. I, I know there are people that think it's recreational. I know there are people that think that they can handle it, that, you know, whatever, whatever, drugs, and alcohol in the lifestyle and the game and all of that kicked me to sleep. Just straight up. <laughs> I'm telling, uh, it took a while. It took a while. It took about 50 years, but I had to call, I had to call Red Rock, man. I'm telling you, I was so beat up. I couldn't take another punch to the head. I, I surrendered. You know, and I know a lot of people come into the programs and they partially surrender or they kind of, you know, like, okay, I think I'm, you know, when I came in, I came across the street because I couldn't live on that side of the street no more. I couldn't do no more time. I, I did not want any more. I was, I'm done. I didn't want no more dope. 
I was done. You know what I mean? And, and for many years, I had been getting high, not to get high, but just because that's what I did. I stayed in the game and in the life, not because I liked it or wanted to do it like that, but just because that's the only, I, I that had just become who I was. And, and so that's why I'm so grateful for our recovery community, because you guys have showed me how I can be like this, just like somebody showed me how I could be like that. So I want to ask you guys a question. I know that for me, I found many different things. I found AA, I found NA, I found um, I found different programs. I lived in transitional housing. Um, you know, I had case management. I went to peer groups. Uh, I went to treatment. I, I went to a lot of different things, a lot of different things that, that helped me change. What were some of the things that have been instrumental in your recovery process? What were some of the tools or some of the things or some of the programs that that were helpful for you. Um, one thing for me, when I got stabilized by my medication, and I know a lot of people don't like the medication message, and, and it's a very difficult equation for people who used to be drug addicts or alcoholics or whatever you want to call us. You know, and, and but initially when I came in, I was so clicky, glitchy, twitchy. <laughs> I <laughs> I needed to have something. To, be, to even be able to keep from flying into the sun. Because, man, it was rough when I first came in, dude. Because I had been high for about 50 years, man. And that's ugly, man. Trust me. You know, I needed something to keep me glued to my chair. It took a, quite a number of years before I evolved to a place where now I'm in a different position as far as chemically. What, what were some of the things that were helpful for you to get you into recovery and keep you in recovery and help you find the stabilization in recovery. I'm gonna start with you, Justin. You say what to keep me in here and stay to keep me staying in recovery? Yeah, what were some of the programs or treatments or things that that kind of helped you? Uh, because like like whoever that was, one of us was saying, I don't think it would have just happened by accident. You know, there were some things, I, whether it's the court whether it's the Zoom meetings, whether it's AA or NA, different things help. What what were some of the things that were helpful for you? I would say these meetings here, my peers, my family. And then the, the main thing is like the judge, you know, he told me like, if I don't make it through drug court, I got 20 years over my head. That'll so, do it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a prime motivator right there. Because it. I had 15. That was a that was a great motivator for me, dude. But That's I'm, it. Glad, I'm glad he told me that in a way because if he would have just been like, here's drug court and not put no repercussions on it, then who's to say that I would have took it as seriously as I'm taking it now? Yes, yes. And absolutely. once I get that, once I get that year, year and a half under my belt, I mean it's nothing but a cakewalk after that. I mean, yes. once you have a good year, year and a half sober. I mean, that's, that's your routine. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to be waking up thinking about, you know what I mean? The thoughts might come, but you're not, you're not going to have that urge because you done defeated the, you know, the, the urge, you know what I'm saying? Like the, yes, the yes. racing thoughts and all that stuff. Like after a year, I think the rest will, will come a little easier after that first year. Yes, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. What about you, Leanne? What were some of the things that were helpful for you? 
my counselor, Miss Fanning, at Lee Arendelle State Prison, accepted me into the SIP program, and I graduated it. New Directions, the program I'm living at now. The Rockdale County Step Up Recovery Zoom meetings that we do. Okay. Um, my kids giving my kids giving me a second chance to be in their lives. Wow! Thank you so much for saying that. That was powerful. What about you, Aaron? What were some of the things that have been helpful for you in your recovery? I would say group meetings. Um, going to my therapist. He would help me set goals to stay sober from since I decided to stay sober. And it's been a year and one month. Thank you for sharing that. What about you, Beverly? What were some of the things that were helpful for you? I would say my family and the groups and stuff that I took in prison. And I have to comment, 20 years is not fun because I pulled over 20 years. The counseling one-on-one -on -one and being able to come here to New Directions and seeing that people care and a job, working a job. And I have to say you too, Bill, because you have a lot of motivation. Yay. Yay. Thank you, uh, Beverly. Thank you so much. Uh, what about you, Loomis? What were some of the things that are helpful for you that help you sustain and maintain your recovery? This group for one. So this works for you? <laughs> hell yeah. You don't remember me calling you the other day and saying, hey, what the hell is going on? Yes, yes, yes. That, that's good stuff, man. That's the reason why we sing. And really, a lot of things have been, you know, everybody here, they're good people. And, you know, just all the all the positivity, you know what I'm saying, you're constantly, everybody's constantly just impacting in our lives, you know what I'm saying, it, it makes it easier. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for sharing that. Carol, what keeps you in the game, Carol? What were some of the things that made transitioning work and easy for you? In the beginning, it was, like you said, medication and getting myself stabilized so that I could even understand what was going on around me. But then the people, you know, feeling like I was a part of a tribe, feeling like I, you know, I didn't, I had to come here every day, but then it got to the point to where I wanted to come here every day. Yes. Now, you know, after being here a while and doing this, it's all these folks like are, that are on this screen now and watching them go through it and hoping that in some way I can help them because then it helps me. Yes. Yes. Wow. Leanne, you were ready to say something? Yes. Yes. You know, I look at all seven of us that are in this room right now, and it's every one of us that are in the same program at New Directions. And we're all, oh, this is our, this is my family. And we're all yes. sticking together, even the men. Yes. 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 That's really good stuff. And yeah, because, you know, that it's a great thing to be in a place where you don't have to figure out what place you're going to be in tomorrow. You know what I mean? And, and, and one of the things for me, and I was in transitional housing for a very long time. As a matter of fact, when I aspired, I told them I didn't want to go and I stayed for like another year, um, which the, they had to pull his teeth to get me to go. And then when I finally got there, I didn't want to leave. But, but my point is, I didn't have to figure out what to do next. And, and, and because I'm horrible at figuring out what to do next. <laughs> <laughs> especially when you're squirrely and you just got through taking your last hit and somebody says, well, what are we going to do next? It's like, it can't be good. You know what I mean? It can't be like, we're just going to chill and let God show up. It's not that, right? So I want to ask you guys another question. What are some of the coping skills that you use? Because I know that the people out there in Radio Land, 
you know, we got a lot of stressful things that are happening in our lives. We have a lot of activating events that, that happen. We're living in the middle of a pandemic. All of us are trying to become the best mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers and persons that we can. What are some of your coping skills? What are some of your coping skills? I'm going to start with you, Loomis. What are some of the things, coping skills that you use? Staying focused. You know what I mean? Yes. A lot of my reading material here helps me a lot. And just the people around me. Yes, yes. And when you say reading material, what kind of stuff do you read? Biblical things, Bibles, you know, books like that. Yes, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Uh, what about you, Beverly? What are some of what are some of your coping skills? I like to use music a lot and actually working. Working keeps me insane, I guess. And yes. then uh, like using, uh, like if I have a negative thought, I like to automatically just turn that into a positive thought. Yes, 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 yes. What about you, Aaron? What are some of the, what, what are some of the coping skills that you use? Like Beverly said, working, attend Sunday service at church, pray, um, reach out to my peers. Yes. Wow, that's good stuff, man. <laughs> you know, this is good stuff, Carol. Uh, Justin, what are some of the coping skills that you use? Exercising, music, and uh, just reaching out to people that uh, have been through the struggle before, you know, like you and the people, some of the people here, uh, Ms. Tracy, Ms. Carol. Yes, yes, yes. What about you, Leanne? What are some of your coping skills? Um, actually rethinking situations like if something bothers me or anything like that if I get upset about it I sit and I rethink well it'll, but if, if it's not going to work out this way I'll think about it it's going to work out a better way in, in the long run opening it up and if something's bothering me I'll go knock on Carol's door and be talking to her so Carol I'll run to Carol when I need to get something off my chest sometimes church and video chatting with my daughters and definitely coming to these recovery meetings and talking to you, Bill. Yes, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. What about you, Miss Carol? What, what are some of your, what do you, how do you cope, man? Sometimes I bang my head against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> but I talk to people. I call you. I call Tanisha. You know, people that are further along in this process than I am. And I watch a lot of motivational videos and I, you know, try to learn things. Yes, 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 yes. And, and, you know, I I was thinking about that as I was asking the question. And and one of my, you know, different things And as we evolve, it, it gets better and better and it gets harder and it gets better. Today, for me, one of my, a few of the coping thing mechanisms that I use I challenge myself to be a better me. And, and, and I'm not talking about like when I'm by myself and I'm singing Kumbaya, but I'm talking about I really challenge myself to be a better me when I'm under pressure to not be a better me. I really am training and training and training for that, for, for that shot that with two seconds left on the clock, you know, and give me the ball. And to feel comfortable with taking the shot, to feel comfortable being in the in in the middle of the program. Uh, today, I'm using discipline and, and, and preparation 
to really be prepared so that when life shows up, I don't react just on instinct and memory that I really have a pure shot that I shoot. Um, empathy and compassion, practicing empathy and compassion. I used to practice the opposite. I used to be very emotionally reactive, hostile. I had to get you, man. You know, today I got to love you, man. Today, I, I my thing used to be hurt people, hurt people. I used to be ready to hurt people. Today, it's don't hurt anybody. You know, for me, it's like almost doing the opposite of what I always did is my greatest coping skill. Uh, and Aaron said something really, really important. Having direct contact, conscious contact with God is a big deal for me. Because I got to, I, I can't let go of his hand. See, and, and it's harder to get in a fight if you're holding God's hand. You know what I mean? It, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Now, when you got both of your hands free, yep, it's like, okay, you know, hands free. But but if you keep one of your hands in God's hand, then it's harder to really get in a fight. You are listening to Cat 10 ENT Radio, which is the home of the Hurricane Maine Show, hosted by Hurricane Maine himself, along with his co-host, the inspirational Dijon Nay, every week, Monday through Friday at 10 p.m. and 8 p.m. Cat 10 ENT is also home to the Grit and Grace Recovery Hour talk radio show hosted by the world-renowned Bill Carruthers and co-hosted by myself, Tanisha Character, where we bring you recovery messages every Wednesday at 12 noon and rebroadcast Thursdays at 1 p.m. Another amazing show here on Cat 10 ENT is Believing and Becoming, hosted by the intentional pastor, Bernice Green, and co-hosted by the courageous Dijonet every Friday at 12 noon, rebroadcasting at 6 p.m. So tune in to hear our team here at Cat 10 ENT by visiting our website, Category10Entertainment.com. That's www.category, the number 10, E-N-T-E-R-T-A-I-N-M-E-N-T.com. Um, you know, I, I was just listening to something, some of the things we were saying, and, and Beverly, I just want to commend you. Um, you said something a moment ago. And I don't know if our listeners heard it. And a lot of people can't imagine it. So I want to just say to you that I commend you and, and, and I am so incredibly proud of you. You said, I was in prison for 20 years. 
And, and you know, earth people don't know what that means. <laughs> when I tell people, you know, I was in prison for 15 years and they're like, oh, okay. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. You know, I don't know what anybody has done for 15 years, but if you do anything for 15 years, you're really doing it. And, and, and if you do it for 20, you're damn sure doing it. As a matter of fact, if you do it for 20, you're supposed to get a gold watch and retire. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? A gold commissary sheet or whatever the hell you get, you know, but really you don't. We just go to our sale. Um, so let me ask you a question, Beverly. And I know that for me, transitioning from being on lockdown mentally and emotionally and spiritually for me, and then coming into the free world with people where people can say anything they want to you and it's supposed to be cool and, and dealing with my emotions and dealing with people. It was, it was very interesting. Um, I, how do you, how has that transition been for you? It's really hard and emotional. A lot of times, a lot of days I'll wake up and I just want to just go back to bed and hide. Yes, yes, yes. And so that must be why God put me and Carol in your life, because that was one of the things that drew me to Carol when she came and she said, I just, I just got through doing a pound, man. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, shit, I like her. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> you know, I, I, I like people that have had the experience that I've had and then, and then what? That's why we went ahead and got our certification to become forensic peer mentors. That, that's why we uh, stand up with Stepping Up Initiative is a national initiative to reduce the number of people in jails and prisons. And those are people like us. So I welcome you with open arms and an open heart to come and fight this fight with us because nobody can fight better than us because we had to fight for a very long time. You are uniquely qualified uniquely qualified because you can't do a bid like that and not be tough. You can't, you just, it can't. And I know that when I came into the free world, I didn't feel tough because the rules are different. When, when I didn't, when I came into the free world, there was so much stimuli. There was so much noise. There was so much, ah, so much. And, and I was kind of used to not having that noise and not having that I just want you to know that I am so glad you're here. I am overjoyed that you're here. Carol will make sure that you have my number. And remember, you are my person. And Carol will tell you what that means. There ain't a lot of us. We have to find each other. And we have to hold each other. And we have to talk to each other. And we have to communicate with each other. Because we have walked that path. I remember when Carol's screensaver used to be a commissary sheet. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> when I saw that, I said, that's my girl. That's right. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, I want to ask you guys another question. Um, I want to ask you about your successes, your hopes, and your dreams. I know this is a new year, and I know we just came out of another year, but I want to ask you about your successes, your hopes, and your dreams. Can you tell me, uh, Leanne, well, tell the people, all of our listeners out there, Radio Land, tell them, what are some of your successes, hopes, and dreams? 
Okay, within the past year, some of my successes have been I graduated the SIP program. I've gotten my GED. I've gotten OSHA certified. I've got employer expectation certificate. I graduate, graduated reentry and motivation for change. I have a great job. It was in the second week of being there. I got a certificate of recognition from my supervisor. Relationship with my daughters and my grandbabies. Yes, yes. And the crowd goes wild. That is so powerful. You know what I mean? Uh, Loomis, what are, what are some of your successes, hopes, and dreams? Successes. I've been, I've been clean since the 25th. Yes. You know, and uh, hopefully, hopefully here in a couple of days, I'll have a job. Yes. And, you know, and it's just nothing but a, a forward spiral. You know what I mean? It's not any negativity. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, yes. That's good stuff, man. Hey, but Bill, I you. forgot to tell you the rest of mine. <laughs> yes. The rest of mine, my hopes is to step up to a higher rank with my job and complete my program. And uh, my dreams is to travel, explore the world, and have my dream car, either a Ralph or a Mustang GP, brand new, to be yes. a mother and a grandmother that I never have been and to be married. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you for sharing that. Aaron, tell the people out there at Radio Land about your successes, your hopes, and your dreams. Well, my successes, I've been sober for a year and one month. My family's proud of me that I'm not in the condition I was in where I was getting high all the time. And, you know, they talk to me now and, you know, they're always there for me. I hope to advance in the job that I'm in advance my position in the job. And, you know, as far as my dreams, I'm still in the process of developing them with my therapist. When I look upon my goals, I see a brighter future for me. And like, they're easier to accomplish now that I've been sober all this time. Yes. I want to thank you for sharing that with us. And uh, Justin, man, you want to tell the people out there about your successes, hopes, and dreams. I've been sober off of every drug but alcohol since last February. When I got out of county jail like six months later, um, August, I had uh, one drink in my book bag that they had in the property at the, uh, at the jail. And I drank it. I didn't get drunk from it, but it was still drinking alcohol. So I haven't been off alcohol since August. That would be my success, though, being sober for so long. My hopes and dreams would be just to be successful. And what I mean by successful, just, you know, just be like everybody else, riding out on the street, you know, with a job, with a family, with a house. Yes, yes, that's good stuff. What about you, Beverly? What about, what are your, tell us about your successes, hopes, and dreams. Why well, incarcerated, I... I accomplished um, 13 OJTs and certificates. Um, I completed Motivation for a Change. And there was this group that I really, really liked that was mandated by the parole board. It was called Moving On, and it was a really good group. And it actually made you dig way down deep inside and find out what the core problems was as you was growing up and stuff. And that really, really helped me a lot just doing that. and being able to complete corrective thinking. I also want to complete this program 
And one of my goals is to uh, go back to school and get my RN. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, is there anybody, did Loomis, did I get you on your successes, hopes, and dreams? Yes, sir, you did. Okay. Uh, so, Carol, what are your successes, hopes, and dreams? My successes are getting certified as a as a CPS and as a forensic peer mentor. And right now I'm trying to get into a computer programming class. And I'd really like to get a real job. That's my dreams. And I just bought a car, so that's fantastic. Yay! So just keep moving forward. We would like to take a moment to acknowledge some of our partners in recovery. We are appreciative partners of the Georgia Mental Health Consumer Network and would like to acknowledge them for providing peers with mental health resources and opportunities to become certified peer specialists in specific domains of their recovery. You can visit their website by going to www.gmhcn.org. We are also proud to be in partnership with the Georgia Council on Substance Abuse. They provide multiple recovery resources in the CARES Support Warm Line. You can visit their website by going to gasubstanceabuse.org. There we go. That's good stuff. So, ladies and gentlemen, out there at Radio Land, this is Bill and Tanisha once again with the Recovery Hour. And we've had an incredible opportunity to talk some, to some of our powerful partners today. With that being said, I am so grateful and thankful for all the good work we did last year. I'm grateful that we have a new year in front of us. We have so many program goals, so many things that are getting ready to unfold. We are just, just I mean, wow. I know that a lot of people ain't working, but guess what? It ain't us. We are working. Um, I'm grateful that we do two recovery groups every day that keep give people an opportunity to find um, information and, and revelation and, and, and a lot of other Asians. Um, I'm grateful that we have an opportunity to do that and make recovery accessible, more accessible than it's ever been. Uh, I'm grateful that we have programs for lions, tigers, and bears um, because a lot of people think that Lions, tigers, and bears should just be kept in cages. Uh, they don't think that we can um, that we can change and we can evolve and we can become valuable contributors to society um, and even partners in designing a new society that has a greater medium and level of respect and compassion for all people, regardless of their any of those things. I'm just really, really privileged and proud to be part of that process. Uh, once again, shout out to the Stepping Up Initiative, national initiative that's designed to reduce the number of people in jails. And one thing that we have come to understand as individuals in recovery, one way that we can reduce the number of people in jails is that we ain't going back. So there you go. We at least reduced it by one. Yay! And I haven't been back in 14 years. So, yep, just keep coming back. Anyway, with that being said, Tanisha, will you tell the, all the people out there that can hear the sound of our voices how they can get this message? Yes, absolutely. We definitely want to keep bringing you all these 
strong, positive recovery-based messaging, and you can stay connected with us so that you can get these messages at your convenience. You can follow our podcast. We're on Anchor, Breaker, Spotify, iTunes, Radio Public, several different platforms. You can find all of those listed on our social media. Our social media platforms are Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. All of those are listed under Grit and Grace RCO. You can also go to our website. Our website hosts and has all this information as well. It is called RockdaleSteppingUp.com. On RockdaleSteppingUp.com, you can go to the Stay Connected page. That's where you will see our monthly newsletter. That monthly newsletter will highlight a champion of recovery. It will also bring you a message from Dr. Doreen Williams, our Rockdale County Commissioner, post two. And you will get all types of resources and um, connections, our community partners on there that support us in our recovery. Just stay connected and keep coming back, y'all. And with that being said, I want to thank all of our partners for showing up this morning. I know it was early, but man, you guys did wonderful. Keep coming back. Love y'all. Thank you for tuning in and feeding your recovery with another episode of the Grit and Grace Recovery Hour. Remember that you can stay connected with us by following us on Facebook and Instagram at Grit and Grace RCO or just keep coming back every Wednesday at 12 noon. Until then, and as always, cherish the chips you hold.